morning and welcome to Are You Up Babes? I'm so glad that you've joined me. We're going to look at a really epic story um, of Jesus. It happened in the book of John, chapter 4, verse 3. And it's where Jesus leads Judea to go back to Galilee. But the route that he decides to take is through Samaria. And it was just not the right place to go through. It's that strange place. It's that place you're not supposed to go to. It's that place where as a child you were told not to go to. You were told not to speak to the people that live there. And everything and everyone there is looked down upon. They've just been getting it all wrong. And Jesus goes through Samaria. It's that off-limits place. You know, when I was a little girl, I live in Joburg, South Africa, and there was an area called Heelbra. And from a little girl, we all knew that you didn't go to Heelbra, you didn't go near Heelbra, you didn't talk to the people in Heelbra. It was a high crime area, and it was an area where a lot of people were on drugs. And so we just grew up knowing that Heelbra was off limits. But they get to Samaria and Jesus is absolutely exhausted in his humanity. He is completely exhausted after their journey. And so the disciples say they will go and get food while he waits at the well. And, you know, in life, if you're tired of the journey, and I'm really talking not so much about a holiday journey or a journey or a trip to work, but the journey of life. Jesus experienced that tiredness and he will meet you there. When you are tired from that journey of work and the routine and doing the same thing, that exhaustion, Jesus understands that tiredness. It for him was absolute physical exhaustion. And he gets to the well and the Samaritan woman comes and he says to her, please will you give me a drink of water? Now, she knew as well as Jesus that Jesus was not supposed to talk to her, let alone eat or drink with her or even after her, you know, as she took some water then to offer him some. It was unclean. It's like drinking from a same bottle of wine in Hilbra. You know, if you can imagine now Jesus standing in the middle of a dingy street in Hilbra and asking someone who's drinking from a bottle if he could have some. I want you to just get that picture in your head. It was just unheard of. It was unclean. And I want you to think of in our humanity what separates us according to what we put in as beliefs of that is not good enough for me. What separates human beings in our humanity? What have we made? What are the things that we have put into place that separates us from others? One of the things can be color. Color separates people. Languages, languages separate people. It could either be that you're from the same place but you speak different languages and certain languages or people are looked down upon. Or it can be that you actually speak the same language but There are different pronunciations and you look down on people who pronounce with that type of a dialect. You have North versus South and throughout the world in many countries, the North versus the South. People from the North look down on people from the South or vice versa. So it's location. Political parties separate people belonging to a certain political party and really hating 
others from that political party. Isn't it true now that vaccines separate people? Sports teams separate people. I've literally known people who hate people from opposing sport teams. So really in our humanity, we have divided ourselves from people based on different things. But you know what? Jesus shows no separation and Jesus shows no prejudice. Yeah, is a woman. Men did not speak to women, let alone a Samaritan woman. But Jesus broke all the rules. Jesus actually respected women. And he offers her, in their conversation, he offers her living water. Now, what is the opposite of living water? I mean, not that we would know what living water is. What is the opposite of living water? Well, it would be dead water. And Jesus is offering her living water as opposed to dead water. Now, the dead water would represent the same habits you're repeating day after day that turns into month after month, that actually turns into years of, after years after years of your life, where there are these dead habits in your life, habits that you persist on nourishing on, and they're actually small in themselves, but they will kill you one day. Habits that kill your hope. Habits that kill your salvation. Habits that kill your joy and ultimately will destroy your life. It's dead water. It's water that leaves you crying out for more. You're actually thirsty. You're desperate for more because what you have been feeding on or drinking on has actually left you empty. And so it leaves you crying for more. And Jesus offers her then eternal life. And she looks at Jesus and says, give me this water. She understands the life that she's been living. It's a dead life. And she looks at Jesus and says, give me this water. And Jesus says to her, go and call your husband and come back. And she says to him, I do not have a husband. And he says to her, you're right. You're living with a man and you've had many husbands. You see, she'd used up all her husband's. Like you use up water, but it's unsatisfactory. She had tried to fix things on her own. Isn't that true for us? We try and fix things on our own. We try and cure our souls because our souls are so wounded in so much pain. So we try and cure our souls and we end up trying to cure them with things that actually make it worse. And let's just look at a few things. How do we try and cure ourselves? Well, we can get books, self-help books, books that say how to, a hundred ways to, three ways to get better. You know, those type of self-help books. Or we go to a therapist and we say to a therapist, you know, this is my story. I'm coming to you because I don't want to be like this anymore. Or we turn to drugs or we turn to drink. Or we turn to another husband or another wife. And you know what happens is all that searching is fruitless. Our well is dry. The water is dead water. And she says to Jesus, when he says to her, you are right, she realizes he knows something about her, which means he must be a prophet. So she says to him, you must be a prophet. And she begins to argue about where they should worship because the Jews have said this and the Samaritans say this and where should they worship? But she's arguing. And Jesus tells her that they will 
one day worship in spirit and in truth. Now remember the Bible tells us Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. And her answer to him telling her that one day they will worship in spirit and truth, she says, I know the Messiah will come. Amidst this mess up she's lived in, amidst the regret, amidst the shame, amidst the pain, she still knows the Messiah will come. There is still hope for her. And Jesus answers, and very blatantly, it's one of the stories where he actually looks at her and says, I am he. And she's completely blown over. She has just encountered the Messiah and her whole life has changed. At this point, the disciples return and they are horrified that Jesus is talking not only to a woman, but she's a Samaritan woman. I mean, Jesus, you are in Yilbra drinking from the same bottle. What is wrong with you? And they actually say she's now making her way back into the town, being completely transformed. But they feel they need to give Jesus just a little bit of a lesson on etiquette because clearly he doesn't understand what he's just done. And they ask her, were you just speaking to a woman? But you know, the Samaritan woman runs into the town. A woman who came to the well on her own because she was an outcast, because she was filled with bitterness, filled with hatred. She had hurt many people. Many people had hurt her. She had bad relationships with people. She had built walls up around her heart and didn't come with the rest of the women in the town early in the morning before the heat of day to collect water. She came at midday on her own, an outcast, totally on her own. But she runs back into town and all those walls are gone. All that bitterness is gone. All those issues are gone. And she runs in and says to them, come and see a man who has told me everything about me. And just in the glimpse of her running and talking, they literally realize that something has happened. Nothing is the same. They literally, as they watch her running and talking, they realize something has changed. This is not the same person. They recognize the change. They realize, oh my goodness, this is not the same. They recognize the change. She is a completely different person. She's got no hang up. She's got no issues. She's got no bitterness. She's got no anger, problems or unforgiveness. This is not the same person. And you know what I love is when we are reconciled with God, it's amazing how we just automatically drop all our issues and become reconciled with people. Isn't this exactly the same as the commandment, love God, love people? When we are reconciled with God, we encounter God. We naturally are reconciled with people. Our relationships naturally are healed from our side. From other people's side, they may decide to stay bitter, filled with hatred, unforgiveness. And even after we try and reach out, they may remain that way. But don't allow their atmosphere to ruin your atmosphere. Jesus Christ changes us and people will realize that they will recognize that they will see reconciliation and why because Jesus has redeemed us. 
He's taken us out of the kingdom of darkness. He has placed us into the kingdom of God. Through the blood of Jesus, we've been restored on every single level. And you look at this incredible woman crying out, come and see the joy on her face, the dance in her step, the love in her heart. They could see it. And she's, what a witness. Come and see. That's what it is to be a witness. Her life had been changed. She realized it. They realized it when they saw her. They recognized it. She recognized Jesus. You know, when we recognize and encounter Jesus, everything changes. And then as a result, reconciliation happens and it happens on every level. Sometimes with relationships, with family, it takes time, but the reconciliation happens immediately with God and we change. The atmosphere changes. When you meet Jesus, you cannot walk back into a town and grunt at people. You have changed. Come and see. She's a witness with a testimony. Come and see a man who told me everything about me. But in saying that, she knew she was no longer the same. It was a bounce in her step because she knew what they all knew about her had changed in that moment. She had been completely restored by God. And isn't that exactly what the cross does for us? That we would actually realize what Jesus has done for us and recognize that when we encounter him, we change completely. The old has gone. We are a new creation in Christ. He has reconciled us to him through the blood of Jesus. And now we can be reconciled to people. And you know what the step up from that is? We now reconcile people to God and to each other. People are reconciled in their marriages with their children. They become better workers in the workplace because the atmosphere has changed. And then all of that is our witness and our testimony because we've been redeemed. What a beautiful, beautiful picture of a woman a Samaritan whom Jesus loved and respected and changed so that she could become a witness to her world. A woman with incredible hurt and pain. And that's exactly what God wants to do in our lives. And so I want to encourage you, don't hang on to the past. Hang on to the Savior who changes everything. He has made us new. He doesn't sit and ponder and remind and look at the past. He reminds us of the work of the cross the blood of Jesus, and the reconciliation as a result. And then the best part is he gives us purpose. Come and see. He makes us witnesses with a testimony to change the world. This Samaritan woman changed her whole town. One woman with a whole lot of issues and not a lot of um, good relationships changed and as a result changed the whole town. Let us have that story. Let that be our story in our lives. Amen. I just want to encourage you, no matter what's going in your world, God has good plans for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that as you change the life of that Samaritan woman, that is exactly what you will do through our lives because of the blood of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that as we've listened today, we would get rid of our hang-ups, our issues, we would get rid of the shame of our past and realized we have been washed clean. 
I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be phenomenal witnesses in the world, that we, like that woman, would be in our worlds a voice of come and see what the Lord has done for me. Help us, Lord, to remember your word that says we've been saved by the blood of the Lamb and by our testimony, that it's the, the testimony that will change the world. It is the testimony that will bring miracles into fruition. I pray, Lord, you will use us, and I thank you for the way in which you've changed us. Father, I pray a special blessing over everyone that is listening today. Thank you, Father, that you are our Savior. You are the way and the truth and the life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life that reconciled us with you. And we love you, and we honor you, and we praise you. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. May God bless you. Lot of trouble. 
Three, two, rock, cut, 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 rock.